think we need to add a trigger warning to this episode. Oh, oh man. Like, what would the trigger warning be? Sperm? Thick and gagging? Lots of sperm talk. If you've ever been abused by a sperm before, <laughs> don't listen to this. This is like the the uh, oral equivalent of bukkake. <laughs> it really is. That's very accurate. Welcome to Shipwrecks, a podcast where we recommend and review erotic fanfiction. I'm Audrey, and here with me today are my friends Abby and Mira. In these first six episodes, we're focusing on the Harry Potter fandom. Today, we're reading my second selection, Sense and Insensibility, which is a Snape and Hermione fic by Desert Sea. And as usual, we have a themey little cocktail to go with it. So Abby, what are we drinking today? Today, we're drinking a Ramos Gin Fizz for its uh, creamy white viscous nature um, it's delicious um i knew when i picked this story there was no way that you could do a drink for it that didn't in some way emulate cum <laughs> and we've been so dairy heavy i i really didn't want it just to be a damn milkshake i mean an egg white is a far better substitute than a milkshake <laughs> we could have had milkshakes <laughs> damn it what are you drinking in the pregnancy corner uh, mira I am drinking some jasmine tea, which is sort of on theme because it's like about healing potions and she drinks like a smoking hot healing. It's a stretch, but whatever. <laughs> it is hot. It's, hot it's a stretch, but we'll, we'll allow it. Hot we'll drinks are it. on theme. Just <laughs> hot, hot biscuits. Hot drinks. liquid is on theme, Mira. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Okay, but seriously, Abby, this is the classiest possible Come like cocktail you could have come up with. <laughs> oh, that's the sweetest thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> okay, so um, I, it's on me to do the plot summary for this, and I, I really <laughs> fucked myself because this is going to be. Buckle up, everybody. This is going to be a ride. So, <laughs> semen, semen, um, semen. Semen, semen. <laughs> so, this story takes place about eight years after the Deathly Hallows, um, and it diverges from canon uh, in a couple of ways even before that. So, um, first, Snape survived being bitten by Nagini the snake, and he's in this story. Um, second, Hermione and Ron are not together, and it's not discussed how or when they broke up, which, thank God, because if I had to read another Hermione and Ron breakup thing, <laughs> like, I would have killed myself, so that's great. Um, and then third, we learn that after the war, um, when Snape was recovering from Nagini's bite, that Hermione nursed a severely injured Snape um, until Snape got his wits about him and then booted her ass to the curb. He was like, get the fuck away from me. Like, whatever. So then she leaves and she pursues a law career. So that's when the story begins. Um, all those events I just described are just in the past from the point of view of the story, which begins um, with Hermione about 27 years old. So as the story begins, Hermione is suffering from some mysterious ailment that makes her senses all super, super sensitive. So she's extremely sensitive to light. Um, it hurts her eyes. Um, sounds, touch hurts. She has to wear a bunch of clothes and um, uh, like sunglasses and stuff to protect her from all of this sensory input. And so um, that sucks. And she's becoming more and more debilitated by this. So she has to quit her legal career. Um, and she kind of falls back to this cushy teaching position at Hogwarts that McGonagall is providing to her. Um, and Snape hears about this and he's pissed off because he thinks that A, she's not capable of teaching in her debilitated condition, and B, that teaching positions should not be consolation prizes for people, um, which he's totally right about. But um, anyway, regardless of this, McGonagall, who is the headmaster, keeps trying to force Snape and Hermione to work together. Um, and so they have to hang out um, and then Snape sort of becomes interested in what exactly is wrong with Hermione and decides that he's going to help her. Um, and as readers, we kind of learn that Snape has his own condition, which isn't obvious to anyone else, but his having like kind of the mirror of Hermione's symptoms. So his senses are dulling. Um, and he's also been impotent since he recovered from the Guinea's <laughs> bite. So I have so um, many questions about that bite. So many he, questions. <laughs> Do you want to go into it? What's going on here? Did the snake bite his junk? Like, <laughs> like, I think, okay. Is it I like all it sad and scraggly? Is there not all of it left? Because it sounds like, oh, oh I look fine. No big deal. Just a little scarring. And then, oh, my junk's broken. <laughs> no, his junk is fine. No, what happens? 
I think is it's part of his senses dulling is that he just doesn't have the mojo to gojo anymore. <laughs> um, because his, yeah, he's not deformed in the dick. We we are told it's a beautiful dick. So. Well, I mean, he's rolling <laughs> it up that. and down all the time like a fire hose. Yes. <laughs> My question related to this though is, since he cannot become aroused or anything like that um, be, as a result of the bite, and Hermione's experiencing the mirror of his symptoms, is she like going around like super aroused all the time? Like, does the does a hard breeze like make her come? See, we don't know. The thing about that. That is something that I had a problem with, because in real life or with <laughs> wish, um, no, like in the story, because like the first time that they kind of touch and she gets turned on by him, he's like what, like performing a medical exam on her, basically, and seeing like how sensitive she is in parts, and the way that she's described is like. She's in an unbearable amount of pain from just, like, the wind blowing on her, right? Like, way overstimulated. Yeah, like, when your skin is in pain, like, when your body's in pain, and, like, speaking as a person with chronic pain, like, you don't get turned on easily, so the idea that, like, it's complete agony, and then also she's like, oh, he touched my nipple, I'm super, super wet now, like... It doesn't really track for me. Well, but there is a supernatural explanation for there why is. he specifically would, yeah. It's just like, he can touch her. Their first encounters, and some of the later one, latter ones even, like, every time they describe her being in any kind of pain, I'm just like, okay, well, this is a boner killer for me. Like, I... <laughs> I just imagine that she's, like, she's so, like... A shambling sack of bones like she sounds like i'm sorry but like ugh, not good to look at like because you <laughs> no, like you're just like i'm sorry you can be any shape you want but when you're like emaciated unhealthy there is nothing hot about that like <laughs> i mean i'm i have a taste for a little bit of squish but like seriously sack of bones why 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 as, as skinny as she is and as much difficulty as she has eating her hair should be falling out. They should mention that. But yeah, and she should have, like, no fingernails. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, like, in a horrible <laughs> state. And also, like... Meth miney over there. Incredible pain all of the time. Like, I had a hard time getting to a headspace that was like, this is sexy. And I'm like, this is uncomfortable. Yeah, I think you kind of have to pick a lane on just... And I had to retcon in my own head, oh, she's a little less sick than I thought she still has boobs and stuff like that <laughs> like yeah i think that yeah you have to do a little bit of calibration while you're reading it to decide quite how far gone she is in order for the gymnastics that come later <laughs> yeah it is sense. some mental gymnastics to get through it <laughs> for sure it that being said it's it it's definitely made me uh made me laugh <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing is like i think it's glorious because she plays it totally straight there is no like oh my god isn't this so funny but she's a good enough writer writing about fucked up enough things that it is fucking hilarious. Like, some of the shit that you never thought you would see written down in words, you see written <laughs> down in words. <laughs> so, um, as Mira alluded to, um, he kind of becomes interested in her condition. Um, and part of that, I think, is secretly he knows that he's got a similar sensory problem, um, although he doesn't see that their problems are connected. And... Um, so he says he's going to help her and he gives her this exam where he um, is touching her on various parts of her body to establish a baseline so that any treatments that they do in the future can be measured against that baseline. So she gets super turned on by this. Um, but he also gets super turned on by this and he's like, wait, my dick works? My <laughs> dick? What the hell? <laughs> right? So she leaves the room um, and he's like, dude, does my dick work now? And so he just starts jerking it right at his desk. <laughs> dude, the description of the wood grain is <laughs> fucking hilarious to me. That desk has seen things. deep, deep description of Snape beating off in this story. Yeah. <laughs> like, As he paragraphs and out. paragraphs. Yeah, and the thing that's so funny is when I first read it, though, I misread that first jerk off, and I thought, because the word's like grainy, came up and I'm like, ew. And I thought I was talking about his hand texture. And I was like, I'm going to stop. We've gone to... And then I like reread it and realized it was desk texture, which is still its own thing. 
But at least it wasn't grainy old hands over his sausage. Because I was, oh, I had an out loud, when I was reading it, because I was like, oh, God, who rec- I'm going to throw you off the bus for this one if we're reading about grainy old hands. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, but whoo. So anyway, she comes back in the room. Um, this is not the time she comes back in the room, but she comes back in the room to talk to him about something. And she can smell that he has done something with himself because she has extremely sensitive smell, which has been established. <laughs> and she's like, hmm. So anyway, he said, oh, it's very funny because in the story, she, he's like, he jerks off. He's like, whoa, my dick works. This is awesome. Um, and then it says his mind was feeling very clear and he got an idea because he's got that like post nut clarity thing going on. And he did get an idea. So she comes back and he's like, yo, I think I know where to start with this fixing you thing. Um, calcium. I'm going to make a calcium supplement, to, which is a real thing for people like nerves involve calcium and electrolytes and blah, blah, blah. So he makes her this lotion and she comes into his office and puts it on her hands. And he's like, is it working? And she's like, no. And he's like, well, wait a couple days. I don't know. Report back. See you later. That was my try. So she leaves, but he... He's like, whoa, my dick's working again? That was great. So, this time, he jerks off at his desk again. (laughs) But this time, she comes back right after he finishes. She comes back into the room. And is like, oh, I left this book here. Let me pick up this book, which has jizz on it. (laughs) And then she touches it. And she's like, holy shit. This fixes it. Like, my hand is fucking better now like what the hell so she doesn't say she knows what it is but she knows what it is and he knows what it is so she's like where's the rest of it and he's like dying because this is the most humiliating thing that could ever happen to anyone and he's not answering her so she's just like combing around his desk like looking for food <laughs> like a cum scent like hunting dog yes she finds it she's rubbing it on her face and Ooh, hands when that moment happened she- i was like ah! there's a moment Dude, it's dude, so, though, so, it's, it's <laughs> mad. <laughs> I can't even say it. Magical cum that heals magic cancer. Sorry. <laughs> so she says, dude, for real, this made me better. Can I have some more? And he said. And she's licking it I'll off t- her damn fingers. Can I have yeah, some oh more? Yeah, oh, God. Like- <laughs> and, and he's like. Uh, talk to me tomorrow. He's just like, okay, I'm not going to talk about this right now. But, okay, so when she comes in, and he's just just jerked off, and she's like, yay, like, spooge. <laughs> um, in, she has him deciding in his mind, like, I have to obliviate her. This is the most humiliating thing ever. I'm going to have to obliviate her. I would, beyond that, I'd just be like, it's time to kill myself. Like, that is the end. It cannot get worse. <laughs> Like, what are you going to do? But anyway. Well, that wasn't even the first moment of, like, awkward, like, dick times that wasn't directly involving her. There was the moment where I guess the bathtub she uses is just in this public room that anyone can walk in and she doesn't lock the door for the description. (laughs) But the stalls are, like, closed. And so he goes in there and they very detailed explain that she can hear with her super hearing that he must be gigantic because the sound that the P is making <laughs> the P is making isn't loud enough. So he's gotta be real low down to that. Yeah, there's bowl. some like crazy like piss sonar going on. Yes. Like, I mean it's totally consistent with the symptoms of her illness. Inconsistent <laughs> that Snape kind of a, is hung kind of a like superhero. a superhero. Yeah, but it is funny. <laughs> so she says, like, hey, please give me some more of that good stuff. And he's like, oh, God, fine, I guess. Um, So he just, like, in the middle of the staff room, right, she's just, like, sitting in the staff room pretending to eat because she's super sick. And he walks in with a jar of the stuff. And then, what's it, McGonagall or Sprout, who's there, and it's just like, wow, did you make her a potion? And he was like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I made her the good stuff. (laughs) so he gives it to her and it doesn't really work and she says i think it has to be fresh which is so gross (laughs) 
So then they kind of fall into to this. To be fair, it's of, less gross than like old cold jar of gins. <laughs> yes. I guess. I yeah. also prefer fresh, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> If given the option, I guess, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Lord. If you really think about it, and we have had to. <laughs> Thank you for this, Less Audrey. Gross. Thank you. <laughs> I, know. I mean, if you guys were not partnered, I think this would I would be genuinely scared of, like, you know. If, you, if you're not really in, like, yeah, if you're not on board the man train, this ain't going to get you on the man train. Like, <laughs> I don't know how you guys are drinking that cocktail right now. <laughs> With confidence and swagger. I can. Ugh, okay. <laughs> it's got protein in it. Egg whites. Uh, it's, it's like indeed. Yeah, it's um, a paleo type thing. Are you suggesting this is a diet food? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um, they get into this habit of her, you know, she will ask him, I don't want you to waste it. I can help you. I really appreciate it. So they get into this like pattern of her helping him produce the stuff and then her consuming it in various ways. But basically, topically for the most part, <laughs> Mira's gagging over there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, they kind of develop a bit of a relationship though, because they just start both getting a little bit too worked up and a little bit too fond of this whole routine. So she wants to thank him for helping her um, and for being extremely discreet about it. So she takes him to her favorite restaurant and it basically is a date and it basically is an awesome date that goes great. So then they're basically like sort of together. And then they go on their second date, which is to the fish and chips pub that Snape likes. Um, And that goes awesome too. And he takes her back to his house um, and he tells her some stuff about his childhood and she's like, wow, like, he's the best. This is great. Like, we're getting along great. And they actually have actual, very, very delicate sex. And he's like a smart guy. He's like, hey, birth control, a concern, right before he puts it in. And she kind of waves that question away um, because she hasn't had a period in years because of her problems. And so she believes herself to be infertile. Um, so at this point, I would like to ask you guys what you think about wizard birth control. Do we know anything in canon about birth control for Harry Potter? In canon, I've never heard of anything. Out of canon, there's usually a spell or a potion or something. Yeah, I mean, even just like a d- disappearo spell of like, <laughs> get that out of here or whatever. Yeah, I feel like I've read it in so many different fics. <laughs> like, there's usually something mentioned that's magical and it's not like a big deal. Yeah. But she doesn't bother. <laughs> Does muggle birth control work with magical semen? I mean, surely not this magical semen. <laughs> yeah, this is super magical semen. So. Super magical. But then also, does magical birth control work against muggle semen? Like, if you're double dipping on both sides of the fence, do you got to <laughs> cover that up in a couple no, different like ways? A, it's like a magical barrier and people's muggle sperm are just like, wee! Yeah, they're like, whatever, I'm so not magical. I'll just roll through this. I got real questions. <laughs> Magical doctors, call me. I need to know about your family mm-hmm. planning. <laughs> so they bang, um, and it goes really well. And then they were too excited to bang, so they didn't eat their wonderful fish and chips. So they wake up, or they go downstairs and eat, and they have a really deep talk, like one of those talks where you realize that like, you're in a serious relationship. And I was like, stay up all night talks. And he tells about his childhood, and she tells him about her parents being obliviated and all of that shit. Um, and then somehow... Hermione nursing him after the war comes up (laughs) and she alludes to the fact that she offered him comfort and he's like, what form of comfort are you talking about? A little handy, a little, She's like, yeah, she just like makes some innuendo and then he's like, okay, um, we have to go. It's time to go, right? And she's like so love drunk at this point that she does not realize anything's wrong, but he shuts down that whole date and it's over for him at that moment. So she, they go back, and she's like, oh, yeah, I wonder if he's going to call me tomorrow. And he's, like, avoiding her. Um, he's done. He does not speak to her or respond to her anymore. And she says this reminds her of what happened to her in the past when she was being when she was nursing him, where she took so much care of him, and he needed her, and he would talk to her, and she would read to him, but he was always kind of out of it. He wasn't himself. 
Um, and then when he did come to himself, he just snapped and told her to get the fuck out. Um, she, she's like, it happened again. I can't believe, like, she was in love with him. She says, admits to herself, she had been in love with him when she nursed him as he was recovering. That's also um, a conflict. Let me talk about it. You're like, he's he's vegetative. And you're like, yes, oh, okay. baby. Like, yeah. if, the genders, if the genders were switched in this situation, there would be absolutely no doubt that the, the person who was taking care of the person, comforting them, was a huge creep and really a rapist, right? Like, mm-hmm. So we have to, so what happened basically is they say he would beg her to touch him um, and that she would, but that she wanted to because she was into it. um, And that she, we find out what specifically happened, like basically culminating in her sucking him off and very important to the story, swallowing it. So um, he has an excuse. Audible Uh, eye roll. I'm not sure she has an excuse. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean... There is magic involved, so you can say that she didn't have a choice either, maybe because of magical juju stuff. She it was thirsty for way the too long. <laughs> it took way too long to figure out exactly what happened because I just thought she was a rapist for like 75% of the story. And then like towards the end, it kind of reveals that like maybe she didn't know that he didn't know who she was. Like it wasn't completely clear that he had no idea what was going on. So how the story went for me is I was like, well, I couldn't be sure who took advantage, like, how out of it was he? Because as the story went on, I'm like, was he, like, not like a vegetable catatonic, but, like, really, like, drugged up and spaced out? And then, Because like, he, he feels guilty about it, kind yeah, of, at and, one point. Yeah, and so it's like, at what, do, who, at, how far gone was he? Who instigated it? Did she just consent? Like, I still, it, that's kind of, like, gray and vague for me. I just, I feel like it yeah. never was very clear. Yeah, agreed. yeah, no, I don't think it is made clear. Um, I mean, he blames himself, but I, it's hard to blame him. I, I think if anyone's blameless, it would be him in that situation. But So anyway, Snape is really distant. She's pissed and sad. Um, and then he says to her, we need to see if it's just me that can heal you or if anyone's magical cum can heal you, right? Cue best part of story. I was yes, waiting for actually, your excitement. Actually, I have a note here that I'm, I'm, I'm going to hand it over to you, Mira. What happens then when they decide they need to try someone else? So he's super dickish about it, but he's basically like... Dickish. We... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like we need to test someone else's and she's like uh i i don't have anybody like who's and he's like lucius malfoy of course i will arrange it (laughs) and so he arranges it and basically like they're still not really talking at this point like this is the first time they've spoken really right hermione and snape and snape Yes, this is the first time they've really spoken since they've had that falling out. Yeah. But what I really love about the suggestion, though, is that she's like, which Malfoy? Draco? <laughs> He's like, oh, no, Draco's married, and that means something to him, which I thought was kind of like a fun yeah, little yeah, aside. Yeah, it goes... It goes which which Malfoy and he's, she's like Draco and she's like no Draco's married and she's like Lucius is married too and Snape is like Draco cares that he's married. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's pretty great. I just thought that it was just like super slow clap there. Like, that was nice. Yeah, that was funny. That was a great exchange. So he's like being a total dick to her and like ignoring her and then he's like by the way you gotta like I, I mean I don't think he intends for her to fuck him. But, like, you got to get the semen of Lucius on you now. And she's like, fuck you. Okay, sure, fine, whatever. And so she basically goes to um, his room and Lucius is there. And I think this is one of the harder parts of the story because, (laughs) I mean, obviously I do. I just love, like, the vibe of it. It's, like, this very, like, indecent proposal kind of, like, I'm, like, really rich and, like, high class and super polite about this. And he, like, maybe treats her, like, he kind of treats her with more respect than Snape is at that point. He is, he is, he's very gentlemanly. He comes off very well in the story, actually. He does. And the thing that's, that cracks me up about this scene is that, like, he's, like, a weirdly a good guy about it. Like, oh... It seems to really be upsetting Snape, so I'll just blow it on you for business sake. But next time I'm going to need a little more help if you need it, just so I you love know. that. He's like, I don't know. There's just something about it that's like really erotic to me and that he's like not crossing a lot of lines. 
But he's also like, by the way, I would like to bang you if you will let me. And if you need more, I'm around. But I'm going to like be a gentleman and leave now. He like offers her yeah. wine and stuff. I don't know. I thought no, it was it's No, nice. he comes off as charming. Even to a normal human Mira, he comes off as charming in this story. <laughs> but the thing about it, too, is they're banging in Snape's room. It's just really strange to me. Yeah. Like, like, that's like the next level, like, twist the knife. Yeah, she's pissed, though. She's like, fuck mm. ew. Yeah. I he also like me in the Renaissance wing of the art museum. <laughs> she had the best <laughs> orgasm of my life. I also like... <laughs> I also like how he's like, I need some inspiration, like, touch yourself kind of thing. And she, like, goes to get undressed completely. And he's like, oh, no, leave your panties on. Yeah, I was surprised about the class there. I was just like, this Lucius now, this one? I'd be like... Maybe sign me up. Maybe sign me up. Because he's still a scumbag, but he's like a self-aware scumbag. Mm-hmm. He's actually being like nice to her. That's hot. It. Okay, That's hot. here's the thing. I think this author has some affection for Lucius, and I think this author calls herself Desert Sea. Might be the chosen one that writes the Snape <laughs> Malfoy slash fiction that we need. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the chosen one. Okay. <laughs> also... I want you to know that I noticed the the term played someone like a cello was used in this author, which is a term you've used several times before this. Right, but the actual action in here is a little less cello-like than what happened when I said stuff was (laughs) cello-like with Lucius, in my opinion, but yes. So spoiler alert, it doesn't work. His semen is just semen. And she's just Uh, like, boop, and cleans it up (laughs) off of herself. Gets a wet wipe, deals with that. <laughs> and then Snape wants to know what's going on, and she won't tell him. She's just like, screw you. You don't get to know about my condition anymore. Like, it has nothing to do with you. Like, I hate you. And so she tries to leave, and then he, like, magically butterfly pins her against the door and, like, shags her senseless. Yes. But then he does not come. He wants to. But he says, I cannot. And she's like, what? But it's really, like, for her, this is the best sex she has ever had. This is the most intense scene. She's like, yeah, he, he fucks her hard. And then he's like, <laughs> Bruises I her, man. sincerely apologize about this, but I cannot come and I have to go. I would be so pissed. Like, <laughs> That's when you change your Facebook status right there. Well, it's just like, like, it's basically like a cancer treatment at that point where she's, and she hasn't had like a hit in like a long time because he's being an asshole. So like she's deteriorating really quick. And then like, obviously she's into the sex, like for the sex's sake and like, because she loves him and stuff, but also like the cure at the end of the tunnel, he's just like, nah, I can't. And she's, she's like, looking at him, and she's like, well, you still have a raging boner. Like, what's going on? <laughs> I mean, we understand so why, angry. yes, in her position, you, you could be very angry about that. So then um, Hermione has, in her class, she teaches muggle studies, a creepy little girl who has been <laughs> It's quietly... true. She is creepy. <laughs> That's not how I would describe her, but you're not wrong. <laughs> she's not described as a creepy little girl. Um <laughs> who has been kind of just giving Hermione life advice and encouragement because Hermione has got huge imposter syndrome. I shouldn't be here. I'm only here because people have pity on me. Like she's basically like, am I dying or can I try to build some kind of life for myself? And this teaching position is like her last ditch effort to like try to make some kind of life for herself. So the stakes are high. This girl's been giving her all kinds of life advice. But then the girl one day is like, I have to show you something. And they go out into the forest. And Hermione likes this girl. This girl's clever. This girl reminds her of herself when she was little. She takes her out into the forest and shows her this bird's nest. And do you guys remember the name of the bird? I don't remember what it was. I don't either. It's a magical bird's I'm nest. With a J. Yeah, she's like, oh, okay, this is a, a majiggle jugger nest. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then Hermione sees a baby in there and she's like, oh, that a baby Magilla Jugger? And she's like, no, like, that's a parasite. You know, like, that's... Uh, because that's what Jay's... Yeah, a cuckoo. cuckoo. And th- what they do is that they take over the nest and they kill the ba- real babies of the mother, lay their own eggs, and then the mother nurtures the wrong babies. She nurtures the baby of the bird who killed her real babies, right? Um, and so she's like, 
telling this creepy story and then Hermione says something about how the mother bird doesn't know that it's a bad baby that it's an evil baby it's not hers evil baby yeah and the creepy girl is like does she really not know and then Hermione's like maybe she just needs to have a baby maybe she does know but that having something is better than having nothing or whatever and the little girl was like, yes. <laughs> and so it's like, oh, wow, creepy. Okay. So this happens. And then oh, what happens with Snape? She breaks him somehow to make him talk well, to her. The little girl asks her if she's pregnant again. Oh, yes. The little girl has been like, you're glowing because she's been looking better because of her skincare routine. And then, um, uh, yeah, she asked her a few weeks ago if she was pregnant. And then she asks her again while they're looking at the birds if she's pregnant. And... Hermione's, like, boobs hurt, and she, like, thought that was because she was ravaged real hard. Um, But she realizes now that, yeah, she's got symptoms of pregnancy, so she goes and takes a bunch of pregnancy tests, muggle tests, and wizard tests, and they all come up positive, and she's like, shit, that one unprotected sex time I had with Snape, I'm pregnant. So she's like, I have to tell him that I'm pregnant. So she goes to his room, and... He is just a wreck like he his eyes are bloodshot his like hair is messed up and like the room is stuffy and he's been going insane in there and she doesn't really understand why so but she's like gonna have to drop this bomb i'm pregnant right but instead he decides to unload on her and say hey i think i know what's happening with us and she's like i didn't know anything was happening with you and he's like yes i've had you know he tells her that he's had sensory problems as well and that she was healing him at the same time he was healing her and that um, when he found out that she had nursed him and that they had engaged in some kind of sexual behavior while he, she was nursing him, um, he knows that, that a part of Voldemort's horcrux like, got into him when Nagini bit him. So there's like Voldemort business going on um, and that the whole deal is that there's some kind of curse and that um, Voldemort wants to come back and so he's using Snape and Hermione to come back into the world, right? So he's like, so that would be really bad if we were to, like, have a kid, for example. Um, I know it's going to hurt you and it's going to hurt me, but we have to stay away from each other forever. And she's like, whoa, she just passes out. Does she say I'm pregnant and then passes out or does she just pass out? No, she doesn't explain it before she passes out. But then after she comes to, it comes to light. And they're like, oh, God, we're fucked, right? Your baby is the spawn of the devil. Um, And so they're talking about it, and they're talking about what to do. And then Hermione's like, wait a minute, that creepy girl might know what to do. She told me that my baby might be the spawn of Satan. So she runs to the creepy girl, and he's like, who the fuck? If you think this story is insane so far, just wait a second. Just hold on your heads. (laughs) She runs to the creepy girl and she's like, who the fuck are you, creepy girl? (laughs) And she's like, you're my grandmother. My father is Randall Snape, your son, also known as the Dark Lord because he did, like, he was, like, your evil spawn. Um, I am the daughter of the evil spawn. You and Grandpa Snape raised me um, and you guys sent me back here to fix this. And then Hermione's like, that's great, but we totally already banged. Like, why did you let us bang? And she's like, because Grandpa sent me with this potion. And this potion is supposed to fix things. It's a soul stealer. You should take it. Um, And if you survive, um, you and your baby may survive. And we'll have a better future, right? And so she's like... But I will still exist. Yes, that's a real kicker because usually you just say, like, get an abortion, man. Get that baby out of there. But... Their granddaughter exists, so Snape in the future is like, we can't just get rid of the baby. We need Randall to be born because we love our family, but we need that evilness out of him, so he makes this potion. So then all Hermione has to do is convince Snape that the creepy girl is from the future and that she should take this weird potion. So then they go meet McGonagall, who is my fucking favorite, and it's great. (laughs) Does anyone want to talk about, I, I know this is kind of a heavy lift, but McGonagall's part in all of this? I'll, I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. So long and the short is tiny creepy girl shows up on their doorstep of Hogwarts and says, hey, I'm from the future. Here's this vial of sauce that will save the world, essentially. Different kind of sauce. Different yes. than, it's than not what yeah. it's, it's great Different sauce. style. <laughs> Smoking great sauce. <laughs> 
And so she covers for her and helps her kind of settle into Hogwarts and facilitate them getting together sooner and all that business. Long and the short, she's like, I've known the whole time, and that's why I put you in the dungeons and all these kinds of things that happened. It was all because of Hermione or Snape or somebody from the future requesting it. So she would tell one or the other, oh, Snape wanted this for you, or, or, or Hermione asked for this or whatnot. And so it was a really interesting spot for her to be put in. Yeah, no, it was very funny because um, Hermione at one point asks McGonagall about the creepy girl. Why doesn't the creepy girl have a family? Or oh, just yeah. the creepy girl's grandparents. And McGonagall's like, I don't know. And Hermione's like, you keep shitty records. What if she gets sick? <laughs> like, we need to be able to, like, contact her family. And so at this point where McGonagall reveals that she was in on it the whole time, she's like, Hermione, you're the one who made me accept this girl into the school. And when you were lecturing me about not keeping records and being a shitty headmaster, I was about to just tell you the whole fucking thing. Which actually maybe not wouldn't have changed anything. Maybe she could have. I don't know. It'd be a little weird to self-consciously make this one of the devil, though. I don't know. So, yeah. Um, so, she um, wants to take the potion. Snape does not want her to take the potion. Um, but eventually, in talking to creepy little girl, who is actually very sweet and brave. Yeah, sure. Snape, yeah. It's not that creepy. <laughs> I mean, just any little dark-haired girl showing up that knows too much about the future is like, <laughs> just inherently a little creepy, but... Um, Snape just breaks while talking to the little one and realizes that she is theirs. And then he's like, all right, we're going to take it. He tells the little girl, everything will be fine. I trust myself in the future. Did you help me make this potion? And she said yes. And he's like, I bet we work really well together. I'm sure it's going to work fine. Um, and so the little girl's crying and she's like, I love you. And like, it's very tender. Um, and so then he's like, they're going to take it. And so Hermione's like, yay, this potion's going to work. And he's like, no, it probably won't work. I just didn't want to be an asshole to that little girl. Um, but anyway, so he's fully intending. He's like, I will let you take this potion. This is your decision. Um, and he doesn't say this to her, but in the story, which I think is kind of sweet, is just that he's, they're going to, she's going to, they have a last date. Everything is great. She's like eating risotto that he made and, and everything's nice. And then they go into the bathtub for her to take this potion they just mentioned that he brings a knife with him and that she if she dies that she is not going to be alone for very long that he's going to go with her if she dies like he will kill himself so i'm like that's heavy shit that's it's, it's very sweet the combination of... i hate to be on that cleanup crew walking into that bathroom <laughs> no, just... there's just like two people in like a jacuzzi of blood <laughs> just vanish it. i'm It'll sure it's fine. happened they just vanish it. The, the, that's probably why they're in the bathtub. That's as courteous as you could possibly be about killing yourself. Um, Disagree. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so then she takes the potion, and they're, like, hugging and kissing and being very sweet. And then the next thing we get is a flash forward to the future where we see Randall Snape, who is happy, not evil, hot dude, um, happy... Uh, happy grandpa's grandma Hermione. Isn't it Roland? Did I say Randall? I think it's Roland. Oh, shit. <laughs> Randall was slightly less intimidating as like a Voldemort part yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Roland. <laughs> it just, he sounds really hot because it's basically Snape with curly hair. And I'm like, hmm, that's new. I like that. So... Sign me up. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Yeah, it's them in the future, and everything's great. It's Christmas time, and they love their little granddaughter, and everything's sweet. The end. We did it. <laughs> that was a roller coaster. Oh, yeah, good boy. oh my god. So um, let's back up and say, how do you guys feel about the central relationship between Snape and Hermione in this? I think it worked for the story, but I don't think it was Snape and Hermione. I think it was 30% Snape and 70% like original male character i don't feel like it felt like snape from the books or the movies i can see that i think she did a great job of capturing his way of speaking i think the um the dialogue very much sounded like him agreed but agreed he's just got way less baggage or else yeah. his baggage is just not addressed you know it's yeah. just like Functional relationship mode for him was surprisingly easy to slip into, mm -hmm. um, considering how yeah. fucked up he is from the book. So, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. But the character that is in the story and the character that is Hermione, like Snape Hermione of this story, to me, it worked out. 
but I, I, I again don't think it's Snape. Snape. I respect that. Yeah, I, I liked them together in this too. I thought they were cute. I really, God, just the, the weird mixture of how dirty this story is with how very, very sweet and fluffy it is. Like them, like knitting at Christmas time by the fireplace at the end. And I was just like, yay, it's so cute. <laughs> yeah, it was about as much like covered in jizz and knitting is an interesting combination combination for sure. Like I'm, I, yeah, whew, this story. Whew. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Mira? I I thought it worked all right. I feel like I liked it better at the end of the story than I did like the first maybe quarter or half of it. Just because Snape was such an asshole to her for so long that I was like, okay, like <clears throat> that's kind of in character, but at the same time, I was just like sick of it. Mm. See, I never get sick of it. That's that's my problem. <laughs> Like, I, when he goes, like, turns into a total cold fish on her, like, in the middle after they have, like, their nice dates, I did like that because I like some juicy angst, even though it was stupid. But, yeah, I don't know. And think in general I like the second half of the story better than the first half, even though the second half is freaking ridiculous. <laughs> the whole thing is pretty ridiculous. That being said, enjoyable but ridiculous this is the cakest <laughs> i think this might be the cakest cake we've read in this season i i i wouldn't disagree um, um so do we gotta go to high points and low points do you want to take the lead mira sure so for me the high point is kind of when the plot kicks in you finally figure out why hermione has been so ill and like oh we have to prevent the next rise of voldemort it starts getting really interesting and you like actually have a plot beyond like does he like me does he hate me like what's going on and then the low point for me was when the plot kicks in and we figure out why Hermione's been so ill and it's Voldemort I just felt like the explanation for how Snape gets like horcruxed or possessed or something is like sort of a stretch and then basically Voldemort turns into an STD that like Hermione gets from swallowing and it's just like oh but he needs a body to like reform so he's playing this long game where like she has to get knocked up and it's just like this is happening because he got bit by the snake like how does Voldemort like how does he have so much agency to come up with this like super complicated plan because he's the big bad. That's <laughs> He is, but it seems just super random. It seems super convenient. So like, I will agree that it's super convenient for the story. It's less, it, I mean, it's less convenient than all of those marriage laws that are the basis of every other fan fiction that we I mean, I, I do enjoy, like, the hokiness of, like, Hermione's ill and the only thing that can save her is Snape's semen. Like... <laughs> I can appreciate that, but this was just like, okay, so you find out that you're pregnant, and then you find out that, like, it's Rosemary's baby, and then you find out that there's, like, time travel going on, and I'm just like, what? This is all in, like, the last seven chapters. <laughs> so, like, you have 20 chapters of, like, magical semen banging it out, banging it out, banging it out, and then... You have, like, seven chapters of, like, what? What is <laughs> happening now? Like, the pacing was just insane. And, like, I enjoyed it. Like, I was definitely invested at that point. I was just like, this is dumb. I'm going to keep reading. <laughs> but this is silly. Yeah, the train had left the station by that point, And I was, I'm like, all right, I'm committed. <laughs> yeah, I think, like, also, just, like, the pacing of, like, the sex for me, like, I never thought I'd say this, but I think there's almost too much sex, like, especially in the first Ooh, half. You don't get and, to like... say that. I read your story. <laughs> <laughs> but this, like, goes, like, how many paragraphs do you need of deep description of Snape stroking his dick? Self like... and sex, ple like, self-pleasure are different. Like, two people, sure, but individual self, like, jerking it. I could see how maybe there's a little too much jerking it. I mean, there's a little too much of everything. Like, I almost stopped caring on, like, the 16th paragraph of even them together. I'm just like, okay, that's still going. <laughs> <laughs> I 
like, I don't know, just like the pacing for me. I, I feel like if there was a little bit more plot earlier on, then I would have been more hooked. And then I would enjoy like the ebb and flow of the sexy times. Like there wasn't enough tension where I wanted it again. I'm just like, didn't we just do this? Like, I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> it's nap time, right? And also, it's the language of some of the sex scenes. Like, you have this really weird mixture of, like, he touched her clitoris, he grabbed her buttocks, and then, like, her leaking slot and his, like, <laughs> turgid cock. And I'm just like, okay, you have to pick one. Are we going to be really formal and scientific, or are we going to be, I like, agree with super this. dirty? I feel like someone had their thesaurus out and were like, how many kinds of words can I use for jizz, moisture genitals it was just like okay like, the roll the dice, being roll described the dice. as muscles when they're making out like does not work for me personally sorry anyway but speaking of sex scenes did i realize we didn't hit that did did anyone else have any sex scene descriptions or things that they had trouble with or really liked because i'm looking at you audrey eye contact here <laughs> would you well, like um for my for my low point i had similar to mira i think I think it's very limited, but there are definitely points where she goes overboard with the descriptions, and I actually have a, an example here. So, um, She whimpers with the arrival of his searing tongue, a steamy sensory escalation that has her eyelids falling closed and her mouth open, opening searchingly, seeking to ensnare her tormentors to draw them inside for a taste of her own lascivious plundering. Right? That's one sentence. Like, it's just... Yeah, that's a good example. It's, it's hard. It's hard trucking sometimes. Um, which is funny because the pace of this story is so fast. I actually had absolutely no trouble getting through it. I just, it was too flowery to the point where it drew a little bit of attention to itself and away from like the actual sexy times that were happening. So I wouldn't phrase this in as negative of terms of saying that they're like not good. I would just say that she went a little overboard in places. I think you're right. Mm -hmm. I think the prose gets a little purpley <laughs> at mm -hmm. moments. More so than, it's not that there's too much sex, it's that it's just, like, described a little too... I would agree. ...enthusiastically. Yes. That that and makes also more sense with your your tastes that I've seen so far, Mira, that, like, there wasn't too what? much of it, it was just too flowery. Um. So, like, I think that we can agree there's objectively the purpleness of the prose, right? But I also think we are establishing a pattern for Mira that does not like to read detailed descriptions of males getting it getting off <laughs> getting sucked off getting jerked off jerking themselves off that's 100 percent true i just i don't know like i'm not a huge fan of focusing on semen for a really long period of time <laughs> well, like... you know, the, the um my first pick there was some a lot of hermione pleasuring snape and not a lot of the woman getting pleasured, and I just didn't realize it until you mentioned it, but I don't really... That was more on morals than it was, like, <laughs> I don't enjoy... Well, I get kind of bored by the opposite. I don't like to read um, people, like, ladies getting their box munched. Like it, doesn't, like, it doesn't do it for me. I'm bored by that. And for some reason, this does not bore me. Like, the, the man stuff doesn't bore me. And the women's, the women's alternative does. I'm just like... Okay, great. Oh, wow. His tongue is almost like a dick. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think maybe that's just like a difference of sexuality or something. Yeah, for me, yeah, it's like, uh, as long as we avoid the discussion of balls, I'm, I'm pretty set. Nobody wants those. <laughs> <laughs> jizz is, it's fine. Lady jizz, man jizz, juices, sure. Whatever, you know, takes it to make it happen, but just, <laughs> just I'm making I'm making a checklist so that we can target each other with brutal efficiency. <laughs> with our it is very interesting. So um, I talked about my low point, which was a purpleness that we were talking about. Um, my high point, though, is kind of related, which is that the writing is um, so serious and capable while talking about things that are so outlandish that it becomes very funny. So I, again, have a quote for this. So he your snape has contact with hermione for the and and jerks it right um and then she says i need some more of that sweet man batter so he's trying to <laughs> I can't not laugh, I'm sorry. make some on his own 
Um, but he's only felt this arousal re as of recently while he's close to Hermione. So he doesn't really know that she's doing this to him. So he's trying to do what he said he would do. And so this is a description of him trying to produce a sample. Um, so here we go. Um, it lies in his hands like a dead flobber worm. Reclining against the bedhead, he flicks it again with his fingers, letting it flop onto his abdomen and roll back down to rest against his equally uninspiring balls. It's not the fact that an hour of tugging and stroking and squeezing has done absolutely nothing to pique its interest, but the distinct petulance which with it regards him, as though he has deliberately removed its only source of interest and still expected it to play, concerns and bewilders him. Like, it's just really funny. Effie's dying. I can't breathe. It's I'm just it's okay. so great. I, I love the flabber comparison. It was awful, but amazing all at the same oh, time. And then it keeps going, and then at a certain part of this scene, his dick just rolls into, like, the cleft of his thigh or whatever, like, in a resigned <laughs> way. Like, it's hilarious. Like, we don't put these things into words. It's not... It's so funny and great. Like, that she would take it and write about it, you know, with such attention. It's just... Um, that's my high point for this one. Abby, I've given both my high points and low points, so I think it's your turn. <laughs> well, let me just say that the MVP of this whole story is Snape's desk. <laughs> As it gets coated in ribbons of semen, and he admires his handiwork in the several ways in which he vividly describes his jizz all around that desk. Just... <laughs> Let's have a moment of clapping here for it. Yep, yep, yep. But oh, I'm actually kind of surprised at the direction of the story it took. Like, I thought with her being, like, cursed to be extra sensitive, it would be something like, like, over-pleasure torture or something from the description. Yeah. But it actually didn't play into it the way I expected. It was just like, oh, this is a thing okay. that brought us together, and the sex wasn't tame, but tame compared to what I had expected, if I'm honest. So I'm like, Okay, sure. My high point, honestly, too, though, was the writing. I, I, I really got a lot of enjoyment out of how goofy some of it was, but really well written. Like, because honestly, I, I can't chuck, not chuckle at the amount of sex there was and just how it went down. Like, it was very humorous <laughs> to me. But it was, again, flowery and overdone. But the scenes that weren't sex were, again, surprisingly very tender. And so I, I definitely, like ebbed and flowed with like is this a comedy or is this serious business like I, I i mean it all is serious business but i enjoyed the hell out of it honestly with the way it was the thing i disliked the most was maybe again the overly flowery descriptions yeah i mean this is not boudoir material man like this isn't entering no. into the pantheon of smut no but the, i guess my favorite part which might not have been intentional was just the hilarious collection of descriptions of Snape's junk. Like, it was like yeah. one of those cans, the joke cans with snakes that you open and they explode out of it. <laughs> because constantly there's descriptions of his, like, junk straining against his pants and, like, yeah. just how he fumbles with the giant sausage in his hands as it, like, slithers to the floor because it's so <laughs> ginormous and unwieldy. Like, it's it's intense. Like, there's... It's, it is known that Snape's junk is gigantic, but it's like, it's like, I just can't imagine what this author was thinking. It's like, he like unzips, he manages to get it out and it's the size of, I don't know, like actually, it's like actually Nagini. It's actually like, Nagini, Nagini he's like, wrestling that snake. It's humongous and it's just humorous. And I will probably go to my grave giggling to myself quietly about the, oh, he's got to be giant because he had to like... You know, the P sound was so quiet <laughs> in the bathroom. <laughs> and, dude, another another point in the this Desert Sea is the Chosen One is that she says that Malfoy is almost as big as Snape. Shockingly almost as big as Snape. So she's got respect for the Malfoy as well. <laughs> we express respect exclusively through the size of giant dogs. The final thing I appreciated is that they did actually address the fact that Snape lived and did murder Dumbledore was expressly yes. dealt with really early on, which is one of the things that made me be like, okay, I keep on going. So That's I... true, because a lot of them do ignore it. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a great scene because he's giving McGonagall shit for something, mm -hmm. 
And he's like, Dumbledore wouldn't do this. And she's like, well, you killed Dumbledore, so now you have me. So <laughs> shut the hell up. Oh yep. my god. You did not just say that. <laughs> McGonagall's so good in this. Yeah, she's zigzag snapped. So this McGonagall needs love. Where are my authors? I'm not an author. Write me some McGonagall fix. Yep, yep. Okay, so does anyone have, do you have low points? Did you give your low points? I did. It was, was it just a like overfloweriness. But the one thing I am on the fence about that we haven't covered is what is the chosen gender of this person? Like, are do they identify as male? Do they identify as female? Because just the attention yeah. to self-stroking and thick, thick ribbons of jizz really I, is either someone with a really strong jizz fetish either way or a dude to me. Like, which I know is uncommon. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is a woman. Let me... It's just they want to roll around in the bathtub of that, I guess, but... Oh, uh, yeah, some of us do, I guess. I've learned things. I am not, I'm not obsessed. No, I'm not. <laughs> I, I yeah, am sure. more interested in the male-centered descriptions than I am in the female-centered descriptions. I don't know what that makes me disgusting I don't super know. straight i guess super I straight yeah it's part of it depressingly straight that's all right that's not we need un- one no. uninspiringly straight yeah it's not uninspiring <laughs> okay i mean there are a lot of jizz lovers in the world it's it takes all colors to make a rainbow <laughs> man lover, jesus christ oh my god there are a lot of there are a lot of people who just like being dunked completely in the dunk tank full of semen dunk tank of drinking semen (laughs) oh my god you gotta put on some scuba gear i'm literally i'm literally gagging i am not no no that is how i felt during parts of the story but to be fair i've had some pregnancy nausea so i think maybe i'm having a stronger reaction yes because of that oh my god (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> again why did he they have to bring up balls nobody wants them <laughs> well she only she only mentions balls during the parts that are not supposed to be sexy i think she's on your same level all right you know balls are fine she said he had uninspiring how, how balls. close have you looked at them because i question i mean pretty pretty close <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure like the looking is like the key sensory experience well you don't want to look but they're they're there (laughs) it's not like inspecting a horse kind of moment where you're just like oh look at i haven't really inspected many horses so i can't say if i can understand i don't know where that metaphor came from on that note (laughs) would you guys recommend this story i'll start with anyone who's not me i would 100 percent recommend it i'm just gonna say it it was top tier cake (laughs) <laughs> it was a lot of fun it it took itself just seriously enough to keep me interested but not so much that i was uncomfortable with it does that make sense yep yep well just like it's hard for crack fic that sets out to be crack fic to really truly be funny because you can you know but this where it is serious but has just such an outlandish subject is like mm-hmm. awesome yeah yeah this 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 is in my top I think so far for the season. Yes. <laughs> Just because of the weird line it rides for how serious again yep. it takes itself. It is for the win. All right. How about it you? was just oh, fun. <laughs> um, I would recommend it. I think it has high entertainment value. It's like one heck of a ride. I would be concerned that people wouldn't always finish it and i feel like the strongest parts are maybe at the end like if you're not hopping on the jizz train if that is like not your thing you'd be like okay that's maybe enough of this <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah. um well it's good i'm overall. not super on the jizz train but the like i was super curious what was wrong with her that's mostly what kept me going until we got to the second half because again i'm just like eh, jizz like i'm not on that train as much yeah i felt impatient with it i was just like can we get to some of the plot oh this is a very fast-paced story if you look at the word count on this for how much plot it has versus the hundred thousand word monolith that we read last week mira i mean you're right you're right but i feel like it's all packed into the end like i agree you get hints of it at the beginning and then you have to and then you have to swim through many miles of just to get there. <laughs> thick 
oceans of semen to make it. <laughs> okay, so um, Abby has our last pick in the Harry Potter series that we're doing now. So what do you've got for us next week, Abby? So for next week, I have Love and Other Misfortunes by Sen Lin Yu, which I'm sure there's beautiful enunciation I could do there, but I don't have it. It's a Hermione Granger, Draco Malfoy pairing, which is normally not really my favorite, but I just really love what the author's done with it. So I think even if it's not your jam, you should give it a go. And so I'll give you the little blurb that the author has provided. Draco Malfoy is dying. He's part Vila and needs his mate to survive. Post-war, Hermione Granger is a workaholic, up to her eyeballs in legal activism on behalf of the magical beings, and hasn't yet noticed that Malfoy is the magical being that needs her most. That is a nice description. I have read Senyin Lu stuff before. She is damn good. She's good, man. Like, again, it's not a pairing that I'm like, mm. but I was like, this one is really well done. Really well done. Also, it's another Hermione one, so this is part six of Hermione Gets Railed. So our, our whole Harry Potter series should really just be retitled to Hermione Gets Railed. I blame it on Rowling. Yes, she did not put enough meaty lady characters in there. Well, she didn't put any meaty lady characters in there, but none with, <laughs> none with substance either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's edition of Shipwrecks. As always, check the show notes for links to this and next week's story. Be sure to follow us on social for the latest updates and extras. Tune in next week for more ships and more wrecks. <coughs> All right, guys. <laughs> It's all that cum drink getting down your windpipe. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just because you're literally right about that doesn't mean <laughs> that you should say that. You guys brought this upon yourselves. <laughs>